And so, with the cup held high, measly Croke Park, All-Ireland football champion for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Gavin Fee. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colin's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the We Are Me uh, podcast. We're live here from uh, a pod, a location that we can't say uh, in the cent- centre of Mead. We had to move from North Mead uh, after, um, I think, somebody may have found out where the lads were last week. And uh, uh, I suppose it was dangerous <laughs> if we went back to that as, as Kieran Flynn. <laughs> This is, uh, uh, Kieran, what did you say last week on the broadcast? You never work with animals and kids in here. Yeah, well, it's, it's actually, see, there's two lads here that haven't had a wash after training, and it's absolutely damnably smelly in here. Well, it's a. It's You're a, sad for Brian. <laughs> this, this bunker is quite small, and um, I suppose, uh, yeah, the, the, the stench, it was 27 degrees in Navin today. It's so borderline toxic, lads. 28 in Cortown, would you believe? 28 in Cortown. So it was. Um, <laughs> <Club and> warming. <laughs> I'd say the. The temperatures got up a bit higher in Cortown tonight in the um, in the Packy Henry Cup. Was it the Packy Henry <laughs> Johnny. Cup? Johnny Henry Cup that's been played out there. Um, wonderful initiative there by the Cortown football team. Um, for football club, we want to uh, thank all our listeners. Uh, we're going out live on um, on Periscope on Twitter um, from the We Are Mead um, account, and uh, it's great. We've already got some listeners, and uh, do interact with the podcast. Um, if you can uh, send us your questions and we will reply to them and we will give people a shout out I know George Plunkett was tuned in last week and uh, he was wondering if uh, the lads would uh, answer questions but they didn't get around to looking at the, the iPad as the um, podcast was going ahead but this week we have it all sorted and we will be it's an action packed podcast as always we've got club football there's action from the Junior A Championship the, all the um, the secondary cups the Tajan Cup Cornabonia Fesh Cup Brendan Davis Cup there's football and hurling league finals fixtures and results we also had the Mead Ladies and Camogues out we had the Mead Ladies minor team out on the weekend as well the under 20 hurlers were uh, out as well in the B All-Ireland uh, semi-final was it? Mm. Yeah and uh, then we had obviously Mead taking on Mayo in the Super 8s as always I'm joined by Kieran Flynn County Board PRO we've got David Rispin from the Rispin blog and from Courtown uh, right there beside St Dalton's in the Bohemian Parish <laughs> and we've got Brian Kelly Centre Saint Man and Secretary of the Minor County Board um, lads uh, thanks a million for coming in to do the podcast we know that our listeners just to let you know we are half an hour late but that is due to training and uh, and uh, training at this all set up and organised Kieran have you got something is there somebody in looking for a question already? No, Dean Peppard said hello to Davey Rispin but we just the live feed dropped dropped so we'll come back on okay. 
Um, Hi, Dean. <laughs> it's nice of you, Dean. Um, but uh, we'll crack on anyway. Going to go to Kieran Flynn. You're going to need this little fella here. Um, and we'll Rispin. No, we don't need him at all. Little is right, don't it? Junior A, uh, I think it's the um, fixtures, or is it, no, the results from Group C in the Junior A Championship from the weekend. I think you have them there for us now. I do, of course. Uh, there was a few nail-biting ones here, round three of the Junior A uh, Group C. Uh, Gail Cullen Kill, Kells bet Central Sound 110 to 12 points. Uh, Wolf Tones bet in the Phoenix 613 to 1-6. Uh, Summer Hill bet on Shockland 410 to 110. And finally, we had a good game here at screen 218 to Nava Matinee's 3 9. So, very high scoring games in the, in the Group C. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose uh, Gail Column Kill just continuing their final vein of form with a one point win over Centralson and Wolf Tones as well. A very comprehensive win over Nafina 613. I, I was actually at the Kells Centralson game. It was, uh, it was a great game of football, and there was players on both teams who will probably fancy their chances of going on to play with their respective senior clubs um, during the year but it was a it was a great advertisement for Group C in the in the junior championship and both of them will probably look at it. They're both still in contention. I know Sanchezstown um kinda needed a win. They only have one win now from their three but there's you know it's a it's a kind of prolonged uh, group compared to the rest of the group. So yeah. Kells are in a great position in that but Sanchezstown aren't out of it by any means. Johnny Gilson there, he'd be pushing for a place in the seniors I think he eight points on the night. Brian Kelly yeah no I wasn't at it I'm relying on Davey for information on this one um, <laughs> I just I, thought that like you no, know, no. you being essential same man the Courtney man was there that you must have been at it no well, I decided I'd watch the Tyrone Cork game instead Sorry, yeah. that, isn't it? <laughs> Damn right, it is indeed. Uh, Kieran Flynn, somebody in there, I think already. Yeah, Andy Arkins, Clemenum said, oh. "Up Clemenum, up Clemenum, yeah. come on, Andy." Very relevant to the to the Group C of the Junior A Championship. Them two boys should be watching Love Island now. There's yeah. no way they should be listening to this. That's no, over. It should be over. Yeah, they were playing the game. They'll watch on plus one. Oh, I know yeah. what you mean. Sorry. Oh, is that how you yeah, do that's it? That's how it's done. Yeah, yeah you'll have it recorded. Yeah. I'm sure. Sure. On, uh, on the Skybox. Um, moving on. Anyway, we have some results from the talk. Cup, the Cornabonia and the Fesh Cup and maybe the Brendan Davis as well, you might throw that in. Yeah, so firstly the Junior Cup, uh, Talton Cup, firstly we had a win for St Ultons Bohemian 2-10 against Dunsany's 1-6. We had... Hang on, that's not what they're called. It's only up there. No, no, no. Is it not St Ultons Bohemian, no? I go with the County Board official on this one. Yeah, well, yeah. that's the, the main club in the parish, Opie and I mean. The battle's hard enough when you get bet by Bohemian, anyway, go on. And then you have St Vincent's uh, two fifteen, the Carnaross one twelve. It's a big one for Ardcat. Yeah. Then we had Minolti sixteen points, the Slains one ten, and then just probably a, probably a shock result here. Corten thirteen points to Kilbride one eight. Yeah, um, that was one that stood out for all of us. Um, uh, Corten beating Kilbride there by the two points. One that I'm just looking down at there as well. St Vincent's against Carnaross. Carnaross. Who started off the year so splendidly? Uh, just seemed to have hit a stumbling block there since the championship, and uh, you know couldn't even get you know just get back on the horse as was Davy um, against St Vincent's. Yeah, we actually played them. Uh, oh God, a week, probably two weeks ago now in, in the Johnny Henry Cup, and uh, they were shocking off that night. You know they have a few lads away on holidays and stuff, and, and unavailable for whatever reasons. And you're right though, you know, they were flying in Division 2 and kind of just hit that wall probably three quarter way through the league campaign and fell apart and that coincided with their championship form and um, two defeats on the trot and now they're playing St Ultons this Friday night in Cortown. It's going to be a cracking game, tied around by far and it's do or die, they have to win. Yeah. Um, 
they, they have I think Niall McDonnell and Frank O'Reilly are back just in the nick of time Friday for that game which will be a huge boost to them but it's incredible because in, in many people's eyes my own eyes um, taking my you know Cortown tinted glasses off <laughs> uh, they were the pre-championship favourites for the junior championship yeah and um, now they'll probably do well to um, if they look at if they're bet Friday they're out of the championship it's yeah, amazing it's, it, as you said it's do or die they, they just have to start getting the wins now and there's no room for complacency, no room for errors either, so there's not. Um, just hello to Mags going in. I see she's after joining there now. And uh, interestingly enough, we thought she was going to be joining us on the podcast, not joining us on uh, on the Twitter feed, Kieran Flynn. Yeah, sure. Mags has actually a good few predictions she's got right herself over the, the last few months and that, so maybe she probably knows more than all of us put together. But I'd say that's probably could be said about a lot of people in County Mead. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, great to see uh, Mags joining in. We'll just have a look at uh, now. We'll go to the Cornabonia uh, results from the weekend. Yeah. So Blackhall Gales back Castletown 3 9 to 9 points. Disappointing for Castletown to have won so many games this year. Then next up, we had Delique Bellis had a massive win against Bannon Lock 119 to 11. Uh, Bannon Abraki to South Mead. Uh, Boyos Bet Waterstown 113 to 11 points. And then the last game in that was Dunderry one twelve to Dunbarra's one ten. So a few great games again. The Bracks are flying at the moment, so they are. And uh, well done to all those teams. The semi finals for those probably uh, two weeks away. I know that the the Fresh Cup semi finals aren't for nearly nearly two weeks. It's about a week and a half, two weeks from now. So um, we'll give them fixtures next week. We'll move on now to the Fresh Cup uh, quarterfinals that were played. Then we had a uh, Simonstown one twelve to screens fourteen yeah, points. Absolutely. Yeah, we have to mention that one. Uh, we had Retort beat Dunboyne one fifteen to one ten. We had Summerhill with a massive victory over St Colin Kills two thirteen to eight points. And then lastly, we had Dunham Ashburn's three three to Gail Colin Kills two eight. So that was a great game. I heard <laughs> yeah. It's funny, twelve points to fourteen at yeah. the end, like three three to to two eight, and Gail Colin Kill again. Just they're never beaten. Juggernaut. It's an absolute juggernaut. Mm. They're flying at the moment this year. Um, Summerhill uh, beating St. Colin Kills comprehensively. Dunboyne coming up a cropper to Rathout there by five points. And then obviously my own club there, Simonson getting over screen by a pint. Um, and they were missing uh, a few players as well for that game. So it's great it, it, It's great to have those cup competitions at semi-final stage. Brilliant, Jen. We, and then we've got the next one, round three, with the Hurling. We mentioned that last week in our live podcast that we the hurling games are actually ongoing as we were doing the podcast. So it was actually great to see that we have a good job with Martin, who's the Rathen Lane man. The Clemeson were trounced them three eighteen to one eleven. So I quickly reminded them that the, <laughs> the next morning it's nice for Clemeson to get a victory. We haven't too many of them this year. We're told got a massive victory three twenty one to one twelve over Dumree, and then Kildaki, uh, very much title champion or challengers this year for the senior Beck Kline three twelve to fifteen. And then the current county champions can tail bet St Peter's and Boyne one nineteen to sixteen, so it's coming to the crunch time there as well in them cups. Yeah, it is indeed. Uh, we're going to move on now to the football, football league finals and the hurling. Uh, we'll start with the hurling league finals because the results are in for them, aren't they? Yeah, there's a f- two great games here. Uh, Trim won the Division Four A against Rotot seven fifteen to ten points. And I saw a young Chivers, James Andrews was playing on that team, and a few good lads coming up from Trim have. Had a lot of underage, like they went to five failures in a row, and they're starting to build up the ranks of their squad. And another one, then, it's always good to see was uh, St. Pat's to Mullen back line 313 to 26, and that's St. Pat's first team. So they're, they're keeping hurling going on the east coast there, and it's great to see. They played that game in Dunchocklin, 
I know they were playing Killine, I think a refereed St. Pat's and Killine before in the league up there. At the lads in Killine, Hill Down had never been that far northeast in Mead, so it's a fair old <laughs> threat. So they probably they wouldn't be probably too many social circles together, but it's great to see the, the hurling league has been played. Yeah, and we have a, a fellow here, Mick Mullen, come in here and said on the pats. So oh, delighted with that. So. Absolutely. And uh, um, Andy Faulkner's after joining in there. Good old Andy. Um, um, things sometimes that were a little bit watery and we don't see it as it is. But don't worry, uh, Andy, we'll get to Mead and Mayo and uh, I'll bring up a few points about the referee on uh, uh, from last weekend. Um, also, we have... The one league... Sorry, the football I was just going to say, league football uh, league finals... Yeah, Dunshockland uh, bet Nafina 4-10 to 1-8 and the only, the only comment I can only say about that game was the, the new alternative jerseys Dunshockland have are desperate absolutely desperate deplorable oh deplorable is not the word they've kept kind of the traditional black and yellow but they've just decided to put a big red stripe straight across it to be honest I've had this conversation with, with Ben Duggan before though there's not a whole lot you can do with black and amber, is there really? No, it's make... something totally different. Like, they used to have white. I know, but that's their traditional colours. Like, but this yeah, was their alternate strip. Mm. Like, oh, different. yeah, fair enough. Yeah. You know, they're playing Navina, who they wore the old bacon sound colours of brown and blue. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely unique enough colours. I think it's actually, they're kind of paying uh, homage back to the St. Martins, the old juvenile uh, side of the club. It used to be black and red. Ah. So I think that's part of the tradition. Very good, done. very good. Bringing back a little bit of just the, fashion, maybe is not really up. Maybe they're keeping with tradition, just not keeping up with fashion. You know? Well, I'd be, I'd be a fan of that. So yeah. um, you won't see me in a pair of skinny jeans. Double denim. <laughs> <laughs> Double denim. Um, we have also got some fixtures as well. Um, I think we did up a little spreadsheet of them. You're gonna call out a few of the fixtures that are coming up between uh, league and championship and just you have a comment there from Mick Muller again come up there about the referee and so keep your keep that in your cool letter for the Mayo game Absolutely. More comments, so. yeah. someone's agreeing with you Mickey which is dangerous <laughs> so we just uh, firstly the Junior A Championship Group A so the fixtures are Minolte are playing Beliver and they're playing on the 25th at half 7 in Park Okay. you have Carneros v St Ultons they're playing at half 7 on the 26th in Courtown so a bit probably a bit unfair Canaros having to play St Ultons in their parish like that's probably harsh enough going yeah. on <laughs> with, with St Ultons record in Cork I think it's, like, it's probably an Canaros advantage Canaros have to play St Ultons in St Ultons second page yeah but in their yeah. Fir- no, the third pitch it's not Marjorie no the third pitch the third pitch yeah. give it up <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's feisty he's, he's today isn't he <laughs> then we have Clannard playing Moyle on the 26th the half seven in that boy and then that's the group A fixtures so group B then is Camino Mudvi Clonagail Half five on the twenty seventh in Partolshan. Then we have Mioles Dunsany. So Bridges have a, have a good uh, comment on that in a few minutes as well for the Bridges lads be listening in. They're playing at seven o'clock on the twenty seventh in Sean Newman Park in Bohemian, the best pitch in the parish. Saint <laughs> uh, Vincent's Courtown on the twenty ninth at half seven in Walterstown. So they're yeah, and they're the Group B fixtures. Mm-hmm. Then finally for Group C, you've sent them via Nafina twenty eighth at twelve noon in Bechtov. Navan and needs to be Summerhill on the twenty eighth at twelve noon in Trim. Dunshockland v Gale Column Kill on the 28th at 12 o'clock in John Newman Park and then Wolterons v Screen at 12 o'clock in Waterstown and, on that group, and, and Group C and Group C is um, all uh, th- th- they're round four yeah. so after this round we'll know a little bit more about how Group C is going to be going mm. then the following round that's played will be after the next senior championship I pre- presume I think it's, it's yeah it's week after week yeah, yeah so maybe maybe there'll be a round of senior championship played 
uh, Friday, Saturday, and then the junior, uh, the, that Group C might be played on the Sunday or something, and we'll know an awful lot more about how that group is going. Looking at your own group there, David, um, uh, you've got St. Vincent's next. Mm. You have two wins from two. Yeah. St. Vincent's no pushover. No, that that's a tough game. Um, they've been doing their homework on us. They've been at a few of our games and that kind of thing as well. So. We've been trees with binoculars. Yeah, and, and not really. Coats and stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, no, we, we know what to expect. We, we haven't really seen them, but we, we kind of know what to expect from St. Vincent's. They're a quality outfit and, you know, beaten finalists last year. Um, the talons will always bring, you know, a, a strong core to the team. And you have players like Ryan Hand, a bit of sparkle in there, uh, Leo Curry, and then, of course, the iconic Tommy Field. Do you know, he probably hasn't hit his, you know, formal last year, but he's. He will try and peak around this time of year, like that's it. like so many footballers will do in the county. <laughs> um, so that's a really tough really one, good. but it's it's yeah, it's a good opportunity for us to get the win and probably more or less seal our passage with two games to spare. Yeah. Um, looking at it, we we probably need another win from our last three, and you know the sooner the better you can get that. Vincent's are under a little bit of pressure, one win, one defeat. I think doesn't say any about them first day out. So yeah, it's a big game. Uh, they bet us last year, and we actually have them in the Talton Cup semi final the same week. So. Two, two games coming up in uh, in close proximity but we're looking forward to it and you have Robbie Barrett the referee for that one and that game is in Waterstown and uh, a nice big pitch yeah yeah it's, it's hard to know who that will suit um, to be honest you know hopefully a bit of open space for the forwards but you wouldn't know yeah yeah uh, looking at group A then um, as we said about Karen Ross Karen Ross have a massive uh, hill to climb St Dalton's next it's in Cortown you'll be at that one yeah, we're looking forward to that huge gate. I'm sure this Friday night, um, by far, I know I had the pick of the games this weekend. Um, Ultons, a bit like ourselves, can, you know... Will you um, be wearing your black and green? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ultons can proceed with a win. We'll probably do it. And also the incentive of knocking Karen Ross out of the championship is huge, you'd yeah. imagine. Um, it, you know, it opens it up. Because they, like they, yeah. Ross, the thing about Karen Ross, if they can get a win and build a bit of mm. momentum... You know, you you like looking at it from mm. we'll say a court town or a St Dalton's point of view. You'd want Karen Ross out of that championship yeah. seal. I'm not sure from a court, but yeah, definitely from an Ultons perspective. No, but yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> from anybody, anybody in that yeah. junior championship will fear Karen Ross. Mm. Well, it, that yeah, that's it exactly. But like, it's a really tough group. Like you have Myla and Beliver in it as well. Yeah, um, Clonard are probably the ones that you know will struggle and kind of have struggled. Minolte are a team that are improving and that are on the up, and I think that group. There's three positions for five teams now. If Karen Ross go out of it this week, by the time the other teams play on Saturday and Sunday, it'll yeah. be three positions for four teams. Exactly. Realistically. Yeah. So um, we'll know a lot more after Friday night for sure. Yeah. Now, now, Mickey, you've asked him a very unfair question there. Would he be wearing green and black? There's no way Frank O'Reilly's biggest fanboy is going to wear green and black at a Karen Ross match against St. Dalton's. He's not still a belly harness, though. No, I haven't. <laughs> he, he's been in touch that I, I have, I'm getting the guard escort from the airport on Friday afternoon for Frank, so yeah, he'll All be right. down we'll in see. good time. Coming from Bally, yeah. <laughs> Bally harness, Bally, yeah. Oh, Bally harness, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll move on. Just on the Dunsany one, yeah. Oh, we're, yes. We're after a big, this is a, this is a definitely a world exclusive now. No one else in the whole world has broken this on the airwaves, so big one now. So wow. You so we're, here first, folks. we're after we're after breaking the piggy bank open. We're after making a big, oh, yeah. big, big spend. We're after flying Declan Smith back from Australia Whoa. for the game against Battle the Bridge. So I'd say that's what I said to George Monk and up there now. I'd be worried now. We're after flying our main man back. So he's been doing a bit of uh, hot weather uh, training. He's basically he's been working six days a week grafting, working like a man, a 
possessed down there, so he's mm. going to come back. You'd want to see what George is doing in behind the bar in the Blackwater. Well, maybe so. <laughs> it's not the what Techie Smith is doing, let me tell you. I'll just say that I'd be worried now. If I was a Bridges fan, I'd be worried now. But. Cool. Well, uh, St. Bridges, beware. We'll move on now. You've got uh, some, I think you've got all County Football League uh, finals as well. Yeah, so it's this going to be a massive game on uh, the 26th, half seven in Park Tonson. We have the Division this 1. Friday. Yeah. yeah. Seamus Connolly uh, catered the. Nab and Mackneys are playing Gael Column Cade in that final, and that's going to be damnable. We talked about that briefly the last time, the, the Battle of Nab and Kells. That's going to be a massive game. Yeah. But then in this as well, you have the promotion relegation for Division 1, which is Old Castle Vise and Pats. That's going to be a massive one to try and get status in Division 1. Then Central Sound are playing Ballon Abraki and Trim on Friday night at half seven in the Division 2 final. Then we have Beck to yeah, Walterstown. Uh, no, I don't mean that against Centrum. Just uh, Ballon Bracky, absolutely wonderful year. Mm. Great to see them getting promoted. And they've been outstanding, and when they played in yeah. Father Tully Park early in the year, they drew. And really, Danny Quinn came on at half time that day and he changed the game. So, personally speaking, and Danny knows this. I'm hoping he's going to be on the 26th for the Kerry match and that he won't be allowed to play this weekend. <laughs> I'd say he'll be allowed to play this weekend. <laughs> and that's not to say he won't no, be on the 26th. We've had, we've had this discussion myself from Danny a few times. Yeah, no, he'll, he'll then the next uh, The next one is promotional relegation playoff Beckton Walterstown for Division 2 status. That's in Trim. Then we have Castledown Bannerlock in Division 3 final in Paratolchen, the 27th at 7 o'clock. And then last, we have St Peter's Dunboyne v Dunmore Ashburn. That's in the B League Division 1 final. And that's a big one. Andrew Smith from the Chaplin, a young referee. It's, it's one of he's only he's starting to make a name for himself. He's a good lad. I think it's probably his, his highest privilege adult final. So yeah, far, it's, a, so. it's a it's a it's a it's a nice final. I've played in it a couple of times myself. At times we played in that B League Division One final. It's the highest standard We're maybe. Yes, Division Three or Four oh, maybe. Yeah. Probably only Division Two is better maybe. They're all packed teams. Yeah, <laughs> they're all yeah. packed teams. Well, there'll be birth and everything. Like oh, that. absolutely. If you, yeah. if you go across the county, and I love reading the the name players list because there's not one club in the county that's remotely doing it fair. It's like you can go in the back of the back of the graveyard in any village, and you can only read the top eight in the back of the village. And that's straight from the county board officials. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on anyway. We're gonna, we'll have a look. We're going to have a look. At the, wrong, prove me wrong. We're going to have a look at the All County Football League Division One final before we go. Um, David Risman, Navin O'Matley's, and Gail Column Kill. Kells, being Kells for the last five, six years, they're up there. They're doing it. They're just probably not able, weren't able to get over the line just yet in senior championship. But they've been in league finals, they've been in Fresh Cup finals, they've been in any final that's going, they've been in it. And Navin O'Matney's a reinvigorated team uh, this year uh, under Kevin Riley. You know, after what they've gone through the last couple of years, to be back up there competing with the best, you know, and they have pedigree. Mm. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's a great final, isn't it? Two yeah. big town teams playing in the Division One final. No disrespect to yourselves. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Do you know you've been there for in in recent years, but it's it's a bit like that. You can't really beat that Navinomatis and Kells yeah. in the town. Traditional town. Yeah. yeah. Um. And yeah, there's there's a clash of styles in the sense that Omatis would have dominated for so many years, whereas Kells in recent years have had most of the success, as you mentioned, particularly in league and Fesh Cup. But O'Mahony's for them, this will represent an opportunity of some silverware that they can take into the championship and take confidence from as well. Um, the loss of Shane Gillespie, you know, might have rocked them previously, um, but, mm-hmm. but they seem to have just cracked on and uh, got on with it. And you know, they're they're going really well at the minute. Kells, 
look at we all know what Kells bring to the table um, in, in Bean O'Hanlon I think Brian wants to talk to him about him to him or about him in a few minutes but we'll come back to that but not just it's not far from a one man team you have the likes of the Rileys oh, absolutely the Ferguson's Seamus Matamo you know um, unbelievable coacher, you know, full back, class act. Um, they're a really strong, sturdy side. And, you know, from looking at their junior um, A team at the weekend, there's some players that probably can and might break onto it. But generally speaking, it's a very settled team with Kells. You know, there's yeah. not too many surprises but on any given thing, day. The good thing about their junior A team going well means they've got strength and depth, they've got players yeah. on the bench mm. that can come on and. You know, are as nearly as good as the players that are on the well, field. Well, there was there was a big something that they worried about over the last few years. Something that really stood out to me was, and I wasn't at it, but I know lads that were. There was a bingo loco in Kells last weekend, and uh, just before the game tonight, the lads came over and they were like, "Jesus, those feck all people from Kells at the bingo loco." And I said, "Do you know what? That just shows you. Yeah, Fair enough, their change. senior team are going well, <laughs> but when their junior A team are going well, do you know that yeah. just shows." Um, but look, it'll be a really tough assignment for Kells. I think O'Matney's will be really, really up for this one. They have some quality players. Like you always go back to the Braves. I think David Bray might, you know, have picked up another injury, which would be a shame. Mm-hmm. But the likes of Stephen, you know, you, you can't get away from that. The yeah. X factor he brings to the table. And the Galway man. Um, and the Galway man, Oshin O'Brien. Yeah. The Cortown man. <laughs> oh, Oshin O'Brien. The what, cor- what could have been? What could have been? The, he they would have given us the championship now. Like they would have even. <laughs> just he could have been the man to bring them away from the relegation battle. That's why there is none this year. Yeah. <laughs> no, we would have been anyway. But yeah. And lastly, how did you get on at Bingo Local? I wasn't at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wasn't, yeah. I was in. <laughs> <laughs> I was on media duties, unlike some people. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Absolutely, there you said it. Um, uh, house, yeah, house. Isn't that what you shout at Bingo Logan? I wouldn't know. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on now. Uh, that's the club scene sorted anyway. Um, I don't think there's anything else there to look at. Well, David uh, said he wasn't in the club. So oh, yeah, yeah. That is the club scene club sorted another way. <laughs> um, <laughs> Out and about, isn't that what the we'll club is in the The county scene, and we're going to start with the ladies. Um, Mead Ladies Football uh, they were playing on Saturday at 2pm it was a double header in Ashburn actually last Saturday and Mead took on Wicklow having lost to Tipperary I think it was the week beforehand um, uh, they came back very strong great win here 419 to Wicklow's 10 points uh, Brian uh, you might have a couple of words on that game yeah I think it was a must win game for the team after going down to defeat in Ardfinan the previous week they lost Wicklow Nastra's championship, had beaten them in the league and in the Leinster championship already this year. So, But in between those games, they'd lost a few key operators to America, Eve Cologli and St- Stacey Grimes in yeah. particular. And it was a difficult weekend with the minors playing on Sunday <coughs> and a couple of, pl- of players crossing both teams, in particular Emma Duggan. Um, it'll get worse <laughs> <laughs> the bunker but, uh, is getting smaller <laughs> lo- luckily they got off to a cracking start to our 213 to 3 points ahead at half time and it meant they were able to withdraw a few play- the likes of Emma Duggan early with Sunday's game in mind um, there was a f- few players maybe who didn't see much game time during the league who started at the weekend Bridgetta Lynch from Oldcastle in particular mm-hmm. she's one of the best forwards in the county for the last number of years it's standing club football and it's great to see her getting the chance to bring that form through to the county stage and um, she actually scored a goal in the first half along with the Simonson goal machine Kelsey Nesbitt uh, others that scored goals were Fiona O'Neill from Dunbine and Emma White from St Pat's um, 
it's a vital win. It sets them nicely up for the remainder of the championship, and hopefully they kick on and go on from there. Yeah, um, and uh, the funny thing is, when we when we saw what happened in the Leinster final, we said, you know, losing in the Leinster final wouldn't be the worst thing because they'd go into the group with Tipperary. We'd know they'd be stronger than the other teams, which would mean that they wouldn't have to meet Tipperary again until an intermediate final. Mm. Um, so avoiding them in a semi final. Um, so maybe maybe there's a bit of mind games going on or whatever with that uh, main team. Possibly, but look, if you're good enough to win it, you're good enough to be Tipperary yeah. in a semi-final, a quarter-final, whenever. Unless, of course, they're hoping to have some of the travelling players back in exactly. time for a final. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well done to the Mead ladies on a fine victory over Waco. <laughs> as, as I get a cramp. <laughs> <laughs> Joys of a live podcast. Uh, never work. Never work with children or animals or Mickey. Or or old Or masters footballers. That's a tight one. So um, we're going to move on now to the Mead ladies camogie, and we're going to go to Kieran Mead. We're taking on Ash. Uh, sorry, Tipperary in Ashburn. That was the second game on Saturday at five pm, and uh, Mead won that one. Uh, sorry, like to, there's an important person just at the, the Dublin official Dublin Twitter accounts after listening in so <laughs> you're more than welcome to, to, to the pod here in, in the centre of the avenue we can't talk about the me team now we have to keep it all quiet now. are you sure that wasn't Ashburn or Dunboyne <laughs> <laughs> you'll have a cramp in your head now. Not, not, not like you to leave out Ratote <laughs> oh yes Ratote as well yeah I forgot about that yeah, um, they're more than welcome to hear about the camogie I'm starting to sweat from this uh, from this one, um, but me ladies, start. me ladies camogie uh, team they were playing in Ashburn as well on Saturday at five pm. The first game was at two pm with the Mead ladies. Second game was at five pm, Kieran, and that was because Megan Tyne was playing with both teams, and you know that's that's phenomenal from from a player to to play two games in the space of of three hours. And uh, but Mead came away unfortunately with a four point defeat against Tipperary. Yeah, but it just shows great improvement that, and yeah. it shows that like they were taking heavier defeats and they're, they're bridging the gap. And it just shows it's it's crazy that like we talk about player welfare and all these different things in the in the men's side of the house and like the two the two codes there would like basically put the game on the same day. Lose only one player and maybe the the hurlers don't have a lot to play for anymore. But uh, it just shows great progress and it, it is a historic day for Gaelic games in the county that we actually have. The lady footballers and the camogie playing the same day, and I think we've done that a few times with the hurlers and footballers and the the lad side, and it's it's been a great day because you know yourself there was people with families and clubs being brought every which way, and they're having to pay two entry fees and all these different things that make it very hard to support your county. I think the more these games that are played in triple headers and double headers, that you'll be able to go and support the ladies, support the men, hurlers, footballers. And even get the handballers in maybe and the score and the dance in the half time maybe as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Now the only thing is is that you don't want to see players like Megan Tyne no. flogged, um, having to play two games. And if you've got dual stars, that's yeah. where, where the problem comes well, see, in. See the men game is it's it's dead in the men's game essentially yeah. because of fixtures on the same day or weekend. So I think probably that the future of the ladies game is that uh, it just Basically, yeah, Mags. We had trouble there. Just said the internet is dropping in and out here. The bunker, like it must be the smell. It's definitely the smell. It's, no, it's the walls that. in the bunkers. Yeah. the walls are so thick here in this bunker. That's um, not the only thing that's thick in the bunker. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so look, we do we do wish the ladies camogies all the best. They, in fairness, they've only had one, they've only taken one tank in so far. Yeah. They've been competitive in all their games in that senior uh, camogie, which is absolutely phenomenal for them. And we want to, we hope that they, I think they've one game left, isn't it, in that group or two? They played, no, the group of four, they played three, that's the third game played, isn't it? Okay. I thought, right, it, was, I thought it was a group of five or six. I forget, so we, we went through it, I forgot. We'll have, a, we'll have a look at that again. So we wish them the well, best going forward. We're going to move on now to the Mead ladies minor team. Um, and they were playing in the All-Ireland final against uh, Monaghan on Sunday in Kings Court at 2pm. Unfortunately, that clashed with um, the uh, Mead footballers who were playing in Coe Park at the same time. David Rispin, you weren't at this game, but you might have a few words in it. Mead lost by uh, four points, 3-12 to Monaghan's 3-16. Yeah, very high scoring and entertaining game by the sounds of it. And, you know, as, as the lads already mentioned, Emma Duggan playing two games in less than 24 hours. And um, in the second game, remarkably, out of that 3-12, um, she, she acquitted, or she managed to tally 2-10 of that. Yeah. Which is unbelievable. It's re it's it's astonishing really to be honest with you. Um and I won't say single handedly nearly won it for me, but you know, nearly had an absolutely huge contribution to doing so. But they they were seven points down, I think, uh early enough on, could have been after ten or fifteen minutes actually. You know, and rallied and and got themselves right back in it. But like Monaghan would have a lot of pedigree at that level too and um probably just maybe maybe towards the end a couple of girls that had to play the two games you, you don't know could have had a factor maybe in it six points isn't a lot in ladies football you know it's, it really isn't yeah um and and you know it might suggest by looking at the scoreline that it was a pretty comprehensive win but it was probably anything or four points rather yeah sorry 316 to 312 so mm -hmm. it was um four points it's, it's it's two kicks of the ball essentially and uh you know they, they they did ever so well to get themselves back into it but uh, as we've already seen there's players on that team already contributing to the senior squad and no doubt there'll be more in, in future years yeah and we want to uh, congratulate Fergal Lynch from uh, the Meat Chronicle and the Talk A Good Game podcast uh, he was managing that team and um, did a marvellous job uh, bringing them to an All-Ireland final and, and, and very disappointed for him that he wasn't able to be in Crow Park um, for for me and Mayo as well because you know he he never misses a game but uh, he's done a remarkable job with them girls this year who I think who else was in his backroom team wasn't the mid senior um, and Murray I think was in the backroom Murray, team yeah. backroom team as well so well and uh, Maria Keeley doing the training today from the chocolate yeah and there was a McCarthy lady from Walterstown as well yeah probably um, something to Charles was she. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well done to all of them on uh, getting the uh, Mead minor team to uh, the All Ireland final. Commiserations. Uh, very hard luck. Uh, losing it by four points to Monaghan. We're going to move on now to uh, the small ball and the under twenty hurlers are playing in the All Ireland B uh, semi final um, against Kerry. This game was on Saturday in Thurles, and our small ball expert. Man who knows everything about a bit a few small balls. Davy Rusman. Uh, <laughs> 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 Kerry uh, Flynn, Kerry two twenty one, Mead one eighteen, a six point uh, loss for Mead. Um, disappointing because they were going really well, but as you said in the uh, on the pod, as you said last week on the podcast and the week before, Kerry have always been a thorn on Mead side at this level of uh, hurdle. Yeah. It was very frustrating because it, it did seem that the Mead team were going to basically win handy enough at the start. And like early in the second half, Mead were up by eight points. 
and we really were pushing ahead. But they brought on a guy called Barry O'Mahony, and he, he had played for Kerry in the football match on the Thursday, the Munster football final. And he actually played a club senior hurling match in Kerry on the Friday evening. So, like, something similar to what Megan Klein had to endure. This guy, Barry O'Mahony, was doing something similar. And under 20, Yeah, and he, he came out, so he played under 20 football, then club, senior club, and then he came on for the hurlers. But, like, he really was unreal, but probably shouldn't, you know, it's easy. He scored eight points, four from three, so you can tell he had a big impact. But the me, lads, did just as well. Like, Bino Dowling, Brian Dowling scored a goal in the opening few seconds. Mikey Mullen from Klein got 11 points, seven frees, and even scored a great sideline cut, which which seems to be more prevalent nowadays in Hurland than ever. Uh, Callum O'Sullivan from the senior panel got two, Nicky Potterdon and Vincent Ward and Dahi McGowan, who came in from the football panel to play in this, also scored. Mm-hmm. And even the goalie, Owen Griffin, made a great save from a, an O'Mahony penalty. But the, your man O'Mahony, just really, his quality just brought Thank them you. on. And it just, you can never, like I said, it's it, to win the BL Ireland at that level, you have to beat Kerry. That's usually what happens. And they didn't beat them. So it's just unfortunate. Kerry will probably won now and, Win the final at a canter, so. But the like Sean Boylan was a selector of the team. Vinny Guybor's made a good lad having ball with teams. A lot of them lads, hopefully, are are with Nick Fitzgerald senior hurling panel, and just hope that more of them stay and progress. Yeah, absolutely. Um, disappointed for an honest group of lads, do yourself? Ah, like. uh, well, look, uh, you'd always be disappointed for a group of lads that put in such a big effort. And, and in fairness, they're making great strides in the hurling at the moment. And mean, long may it continue as long as it doesn't interfere with the football. <laughs> well said, Mickey. Well said. Oh, I'll take your head off. <laughs> I'm just going to move slightly further across the bunker here. So Come over here, you're so right. you just said it, the table. As you said, it's a small bunker. My reach is far and wide. <laughs> so and is my, his man. <laughs> <laughs> and my rats shall be. Oh, look. Um, yeah, no, uh, look, the, the, the hurlers are doing great, great work there at the moment. What we might do now is we'll move on to the main event, and it was uh, Mead in the Super 8s on um, Sunday, and they were taking on Mayo, and unfortunately it didn't go Mead's way. They were in the game for 60, 62 minutes, and just uh, a, a poor her uh, ending to the game uh, saw Mead lose by nine points again for the second week in a row in the Super 8s and, and a very uh, you know I feel for this team because you know it wasn't a nine point defeat and by God they had their chances to win it as well at, at around the 60 minute mark I think we hit four wides in a row and, and we were a point up maybe 58 minutes and we were a point up and as well a few refereeing decisions I just Still, I'm bamboozled by it. But Mead lost two seventeen to fourteen points. David Rissman, you know, there's there's so much to take from the game, and then there's so much to say about the game, I suppose as well. Um, you know, while the referee didn't beat you, the referee didn't help you. No, and I suppose look at alls we're looking for is a bit of consistency. Um, there was two scenarios towards the latter stages of the game where you know we were running through. I think Barry was one of them. Uh, I can't remember offhand was Achillean was the other one, but they were unceremoniously hauled down oh, to the ground. Down. And, and, I, then, and then, I, I don't care if it's a high tackle or whatever. The fact of the matter is, it's cynical play, and it's 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 cynical play essentially. Why why did Boyle do Boyle. do that tackle on uh, on um, Darvis? To take it down, he yeah. wasn't getting a goal. He had, he had no intention of winning the ball. No, so. he, had, he, well, he, he had intention. No, no, no. Like his intention only was to stop 
yeah. goal. Yeah. So whether he, he took the ball or whether he didn't, he was yeah. making sure there was no goal. But he was, yeah, but he wasn't trying to tackle to to win yeah. the ball legitimately. Yeah. is what I'm trying. No, it was a dangerous tackle, and I think that's why the referee gave him a yellow card. But it, it, it was it was still cynical. Yeah. The one on James Condon, the late tackle on James Condon, yeah. um, when he uh, turned around and went back over the ground. Yeah. That like, was that was Boyle again, wasn't that it? That was Boyle again, like, mm. you know, and it was it was just so late. It was dangerous play and the whole lot. And, and like that's fine. And then you go down the other end, and, and Andy Colgan, you know, I don't know, it was a crazy decision to do what he did. Right? We we can all, you know, he, he body checked him. But uh, but but no, that was but, actually outside the. It was outside the square. It was a free. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But like the the it was a black card in, yeah. in you know because it's he body checked him. He took the man out of it. But so did Colin Boyle, as you said. And then and the difference is is that uh, one was cynical, which mm. was Boyle's, yes. because he was stopping a goal at all costs. Yeah, exactly. Now Colgan wasn't stopping it. Well, the ball was gone exactly. The ball yeah, was yeah. Like, Colgan had released the ball off, and, and and all he was doing was stopping him, chasing. But yeah. like. Again, it's just the, the oh, hang on. The referee uh, wants to come in on this. Yeah, one. but unfortunately, when you read the rule book and you list out what the rule is, unfortunately, the Colin Boyle one on the banter you can debate was Kieran was Kieran. Thick, but they're not unfortunately. No, they're not, like Kieran, uh, much. Pick a window. I don't like agreeing with Kieran. Generally, if you're agreeing with Kieran, you're wrong. But mm. I, I actually think he's right on this one. The warden of the rule with the black card here is the problem. The wor- you have to the word the problem is it's down to the discretion of the referee no it's That's not the problem. it's it not down to the discretion of the referee it is read the rule but it's down to the discretion no, of the referee the, the ruling is the ruling is very very clear and Colin Boyle what he did it was cynical to the nth degree but the referee couldn't give him a black card for what he actually did because it's not within the rule to give it he to him he took him down he checked him and took him down he reefed him out of it, but he did. It wasn't a body check. It wasn't. He didn't pull him to the ground. No, it was rough play. It was, it was rough play. It was a stonewall well, yellow card. It was rough play, but he did pull him to the ground as well. If you watch, he comes up, meets his face, and then pulls him to the ground. But anyway, I I just think, you know, the, well, the one on James Condon is late after he scores the point. Mm-hmm. It's and it's it's dangerous. You know, dangerous that's, is a red card. That's a not red a black, card. It's not a black. Yeah, well, that, that, that one's a red card. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not arguing that one. Yeah. But um, you know he's got off very lightly. I think is the point we're trying to make. Steps. Like, yeah. How many steps are you allowed with the ball? Are you allowed sixteen? <laughs> well, it depends on the big ones or small ones. That's We're not discussing the pitter patter of tiny feet here. We're, we're, no, we're just going. We're just going to get the the crap out of the way. So we are. We're, yeah. we're going to get all this out of the way because the, the grievances that we have. If anybody that's listening has had any grievances about the match. Send them to us, um, Kieran. You keep an eye. Is there any yeah. more comments coming? There's just in people already? tipping in and out of uh, live feeds. It hasn't been comments in a few minutes, but yeah. So, like, f- again, if we want to go back to it as well, right? So that, that, that's the referee done, right? The referee was very poor. He, I, I, I think he was extremely poor uh, on the day. Um, like the, the the one where your man took the sixteen steps, it was that's that's like, that's so simple. It's, it's, it's such a simple one to get it's not like it was six steps or seven steps it was 16 it's an extra 12 steps that you're not allowed to have um, up until the 60th minute Meath were in this game um, Brian Kelly two weeks in a row Meath were up by a point with 11-12 minutes to go and ended up losing by nine points I don't think it's conditioning what do you think it is? very hard to know and actually if you go back a week previously 
I seen Alan Tarmy tweeting today that we was it, scored one point in the closing twenty minutes mm. from from play yeah. against Clare. Um, Colin Nally did say something very interesting last week that the Mead team has gone over the top at the minute because they ain't peak earlier in the year to to get achieve what yeah. they set out to achieve. Understandably, I think when you're coming up against the top teams, which we are at the minute, that they have a greater depth in terms of experience and know-how coming off the bench than and we have at the minute. been looking to peak yes. in the next six weeks, whereas yeah. we were yeah. looking to peak like maybe six weeks ago. Like where yeah. Mayo brought on Andy Moran said half-time on Sunday. Now, Andy Moran is playing football probably as long as some people listening to the podcast remember like he's playing he's for he's, pl- he's playing for years and years but that's huge experience and know-how to bring in off the bench he made an impact even the previous week coming on against Kerry when the game was lost he's an incredible ability to win the, to win the ball from the front and do the simple things right except now, in an All-Ireland final well yeah but that's 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 well he, he was I thought he was exceptional in the All-Ireland finals Kieran yeah. Flynn I think Brian is after hitting on something there that, that I was going to bring up with you next and that is he does the simple things right is it just a case that we tried to be a little bit too extravagant I think that this me team are very close very very close to going up upper grade very 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 close they just need to cut out some of the simple mistakes and just become a little bit more accurate and like it's, it's not going to take a whole lot of tweaking um andy moran comes on does the right things gives the ball to the man in the better position they get the scores and whatever sometimes we just didn't do that on on, on sunday yeah and sometimes it's frustrating because you know that the, the players are trying to be positive, they're trying to, to do the right things. Sometimes the execution lets them down. And the thing maybe, uh, decision-making has let us down in the third part of the field, the most advanced part. And there was opportunities when players went left, when they, if they went right, it would have been an easy score. Even Donald Keoghan, we, we, we rarely fault him, but like for the, for the goal, I thought actually if he had hand-passed, a, like a very direct hand-pass to Mickey Newman, Newman might be able to slap it in or catch yeah, it and kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Yogan went so far, and it's very hard when you run 20, 30 yards at top space after beating a lad to think like that. And he just went to put the laces through it. And that's but where he's a brilliant player. Uh, he's a fantastic yeah. player, but that's where, that's the, where the, the, big teams, that, yeah. the big teams yeah. make sure of it. Yeah. And that's maybe just, that's what I'm saying is that, like, like we had our ch- chances. Yeah. You know, like Killing O'Sullivan, that could have been a goal. Had Like he, he caught that ball at the back post. And it could have been had he had he taken a step back and ran at that and caught it and went around the defender, he's in on goal. But he stood, caught it, came down and he hooked it. Then James Conlon hooked one out to the left and we missed two frees at that very yeah. time. And Seamus Lavin as well went through. And you know, drove and, him over the bar and, and, and like, could have taken a bounce and just rolled it over sure, the Sure, yeah, and you know, that was they're probably the, the type of chances and there was there was a couple we've already mentioned it in last week's podcast against Donegal, so Earlier in the year, we were actually concerned at the lack of goal chances we were creating and scoring. Yeah. Um, as it and turns now we're out, creating yeah, them and, and we're not, just not scoring. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to interrupt you, yeah. Kieran Flynn. We have somebody in on uh, on the periscope. Yeah, yeah. Brendan Keegan has a point here. Just said um, the abuse some Mead players are getting on social media is shocking. They're not like they're no Mead fans. Basically, are doing it. We've mentioned that a lot here. Yeah. Mm. I definitely concur with Brendan, but. 
like we're we're talking here about like we're we're criticizing some of the actions players have taken and that's fair enough everyone does that it's analysis of a game yeah. but we're never ever we've called into the question character or no. of a player no. if Anthony, we always that these, champion that like, these players the experience that they yeah. have gained from the Super 8s has been you know again we've I'll say it again immeasurable you know yeah, yeah. and they know now they look back at that game that was a game that me could have won and they'll know now they'll look back and they'll go Jesus the next time I'm in that position, I'm just going to pop the ball to him. I'm going to pop the ball to him. We'd like to say hello to Barry Dardis, who's after tuning in. Um, I don't know if you, you you heard it, Barry, but we were talking about that tackle that you took um, uh, where you were unceremoniously pulled to the ground. And uh, myself and David Riston reckon that it was definitely a black card, if not a red card. Um, the two jokers here on the left <laughs> so the referee got right. No. <laughs> but, but can we, we just, just, just remember the, whole the two jokers who appoint referees for juvenile games? We have to keep them on side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With regards to the abuse, I'm not going to. We kind of t- touching on most weeks, which is a problem in itself. Yeah. But um, you're after mentioning the experience, and it has been fantastic, you know, altogether. But you know for for all the experience they're gaining for for lads having oh, to yeah. read this and let's be honest about it, lads will see it you know mm-hmm. it's it's open enough things i've seen it um i didn't go looking for it i seen it and i just thought it was absolutely disgusting some of the things that were branded about about a couple of individuals on the team i mm-hmm. thought it was disgraceful to be yeah. honest with you and it has no place in the ga in general but definitely not in in me ga it you know we stand for far more than that i i like at this stage i like you, you know that there's a, there's a type of person that gives that abuse and you know I, I, I disregard it from now on altogether again we have another comment in Ian yeah, from one of our top fans Maggie Skyden she just said a few few passes went astray as well in that in the moments and she was sure that Kyogen was going to get the goal and we all I think we all had our hands in our heart and we were like he was definitely going to get it and it was a good save it always hit at, at the goalie but Clark did make a decent save and yeah. the backs did well to recuperate I have to say when he went around him I was uh, I was full sure I was like this is going to go, go in the net the defender came over a little bit and then I thought Kogan's going to do the right and thing to be fair, give it over Mickey Newman rescued it really well and got the point so did Kogan to be fair yeah. Kogan's the vital, touch was brilliant as we said last week the vital thing is when you get a goal chance if you yeah. don't get the goal that you get something, something off out, yeah 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 Another comment. Yeah, just uh, Maxima gets a bit. She's just wondering. Maybe it's a general question out to the public too. Does she actually the players? Do the players read the negativity? It's hard to know. Like look, it's hard not to. It's hard not. It's in the social. It's in. It's in the 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 social. Like if you're not on Twitter, for example, you yeah. might avoid a lot of the Twitter stuff. I think it's but one of those things. You might not necessarily read it yourself, but somebody else is going to have seen it, and generally it'll be said to you at some stage. Yeah, yeah. and then you'll go and have a look at yeah. it. Yeah, but like it's it's the same as the newspapers. Like you, you, you they're they're going to see it at some stage. A yeah. lot of people say they don't look. I don't. I, I did. The, the way things are these days I don't think that I don't think it bothers them I don't think that they would take offence from it anyway some of it some of, if, if that was said about me you now I to be honest with you I it yeah, would bother me I, I don't be, mind being called a, a, a B or a C <laughs> that's not but but some specific things that are said to lads especially like that's actually tan, yeah if that was me you know or personal <laughs> things that's a different that's a complete different yeah. thing you could you could take being called whatever by by someone in this thing but when it's personal it's a completely different yeah it's different, a, like i suppose different like it, 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 it's not a new thing rob henley from from uh, mayo mm-hmm. uh, funnily enough who we played in the weekend like he 
came in for some serious criticism. The uh, Cork under twenty one goalie a few years ago got yeah. dogs abuse. Yeah. It's it's and Cork got a two member a few years ago too. He, he went searching for a two. But like there's there's nothing you can there's nothing you can there's nothing you can do to stop it. It's it, 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 people have phones, they have social media, they're gonna put up these comments and it, the players have to be strong to realise that the, the people that are doing it are, you know, they're, they're nobodies. Really. Well, that's what Brendan you know what I mean? had said. He said basically, nobodies. Brendan said with his comments, is, they're not made fans. And I think that's the message. That's kind of the, the bottom line. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll get back to the match anyway. And um, uh, I suppose, like, I said it to you already, Brian. I'm going to say it to Dave. Like, that last 10 minutes, like, is it a mental thing? Maybe Brian is right. Maybe like uh, the Colin Nally, you know, they're 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 over they're over their peak. Mm. They're starting to come back down, so they are. And it, in fairness, it's bonus territory. But the disappointing thing is, is that we had chances to win that game, and that just that period where Killian missed the ball on the right, yeah. James missed him on the left, and then we missed two frees, and that was that was the probably the 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 bit that knocked the wind out of the mead sails at that, that stage see that's the difference as well when you're going when you miss them chances up the other end fair enough we can vouch no you can't vouch for the mistakes up the other end but you have to look at it as a collective right and there was mistakes made both in the in the back line and in the forward line the forward line was not probably killing it off when we had the chance you said it we were two points up and we had them three wonderful opportunities yeah. to stretch our lead even further didn't take them um, inevitably enough you know teams like Mayo they, they are still a top team they're going to have their spells they had their spell um, and once they get a run on you you know they have that um, wealth of experience and now at this stage they'll know when they get on top of a team they'll, they'll really hit home and that's the difference you know purely experienced in the sense that Mayo were far more composed in their execution of yeah. their shots and ultimately our lads lack that which you know I can understand it's completely uncharted territory for it's this group of lads yeah. none of these lads uh, I think I'm right in saying not one of them lads that played yesterday played in our last quarter final in 2010 no, none of them so like you're, you're talking about a whole new group of lads in a whole different environment I think they'll learn a lot from it from the two weeks I'm just the thing I'm really annoyed with or not annoyed that's probably the wrong word disappointed with was the quality of the two performances yet you have an aggregate loss of minus, of minus 18. 18 yeah and, and, and like that's so not fair on, on the overall they effort. don't deserve that. no they don't. don't deserve the effort that they put in in both of them games um like the, the, there were two very close defeats yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so there were and yeah. yet there was nine points in both of them exactly. and i suppose it was doesn't i think it's probably just something the last two games have highlighted what we probably need going into next year we're going into Division 1. We're hoping to get back to the Super 8s again next year. We we need a little bit more depth, probably a few more options in our extended panel for our management to look at. We probably need, if we had the likes of a Donald Lennon, he took this year out to go travelling. If we, you need the, Jones, yeah. no, but you need the likes of fellas like that come as options, even if they're not starting. Well, like, Donald Lennon could, could, potentially could have been our experienced player coming off the bench on Sunday had he been on the panel this year. Or if not, somebody else maybe could what, have been. What ex- I, I don't mean yeah. to knock Donald Lennon or in any way, but what experience would he have had? Like None of these players have played no, but you know, Division 1 teams in, in, in so long. But he has four or five years of championship football behind him. Yeah. I, like I, we, I brought, we brought Shane Walsh was a player you were looking at as an impact sub on Sunday. With Mickey Newman picking up an injury on the stroke of half-time, Walsh came in maybe 15, 20 minutes 
earlier than we were expecting him to come in. Barry Dardis then came on as a half forward. He's a goal threat if he comes in in the full forward line. But the way the game developed, we needed him in there because of an off that was picked and up. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking away from from Jones or Lennon. Mm. I think they're fabulous footballers in the whole lot. But I think what we need to do is look at the youth. I don't. I think we looked at the. Well, Jones is like he's, he's well, only twenty-one yeah, he's, or two. Like. Is this wrong, Jones? Only twenty-one. Yeah. I thought he was a little bit older. No. He's been twenty-two. It's yeah. yeah. like well, Lenehan's not exactly fit for Masters football are, yet. I don't. No, the, the lads that are coming from those minor or under twenty teams that that have won uh, in the last few years and the ones that are coming through now at the moment, like you know, like your club mate. Um, uh, sorry, your 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 uh, parish mate. I, I knew McBride. before you even said that. <laughs> yeah, but but at the same time. You like, need you need to be bringing them through, but you you need you need life. a mixture. It can't you can't just be expecting but, too but much we, of that like, age. We, have that, we do have that yeah. there. Do you know? We, we have another comment in there. Yeah, just in from Porrick Stack. He just said uh, his view on the subs. Maybe disappointed not to have seen more Derek Campion after a good league and he had a good impact last week in Valley Buffet. So maybe yeah, it's it's, it's hard to know. Derek did have a good impact at Donegal. He just brought, he didn't get the nod this week, but he, he's definitely the kind of caliber that I think Porrick is getting on about. He's definitely a young gun that we've uh, we've we've said a lot about this podcast. Yeah, we, but maybe the game didn't suit him. Maybe it did. That's kind of the gamble. And then on the other hand, you already had a nineteen-year-old in Shane Walsh in your full forward line, a twenty-one-year-old in James Conlon. If you threw Campion in as well, half your forward line would have been eligible for the old under twenty-one grade. Is that something you factor in? You need that little bit of experience. Maybe you brought Barry Dardis in, who has he played in the Hogan Cup final for Pats and Crow Park. A good number of years ago, he played in a minor final in twenty twelve. He's been he's that bit more experienced. He's played in county finals with Summerhill. But yet he yeah. came on last week against Donegal at a similar point in the game. Yeah, but yeah, Conlon had gone off at that stage. Yeah, Walsh had just come in. You still had your Newman on the pitch. Yeah, it's that, it's hard. It's there's an element mm. probably of horses for courses in it. Yeah, m- maybe. Um, like, I'd like. I, I'd love to see Darren Campion again way more time. I think he he is a fabulous footballer, and maybe there's something. Maybe I, I don't know because. Well, like Ethan Devine was taken off yesterday. Barry Dardis came on. You were looking still to use that wing forward option for kickouts. Darren Campion maybe didn't offer you that. Maybe that's why Barry came in ahead of him. Oh, yeah, know, well, like well, these, well, yeah. these are all, these are all permutations that a manager thinks of during. Oh, yeah, we, we can't we can't say why he didn't mm. come on or how he didn't come on or, or there's no point in even trying to get into Andy yeah. McIntyre's head. That's why he's the, he's there and we're here really. He's the um, gaffer, you know. He is indeed. <laughs> yeah, um, we we will be going to an interview that uh, we have with Andy McIntyre in a couple of minutes. Um, I suppose uh, like that's a that's a big point about Derek Campion, David. It is, and look, what I've I've always been a huge fan of him since he first burst onto the scene and he's he's been a one of the recent success stories of our underage I suppose you could nearly call it an academy at this stage that you know well, that's, what do, to, that's what they do call it. yeah it's starting to produce players <laughs> uh, uh, well I didn't think it was that funny but, <laughs> I but, just um, used the right word yeah but he's um, he offers us he offers us something different um in the sense that you've seen it in Bally Buffet, he comes on and he does things which are slightly left of field, which sometimes could probably maybe piss a manager off a little bit if, if they don't go right for a certain player on, on a certain occasion. And that's the thing I like about him. And I think that's the thing supporters in general like about him is that he's willing to do things that are a little bit different. And 
I, I wouldn't be condemning them for doing anything like that. I think sometimes they work, sometimes they won't. But um, look, at I think we will see a lot more of them in future years. I would have liked to see more of them this championship as well. I agree with you, Mickey. And hopefully we might see a little bit more of them against Kerry. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it, it, that's a funny thing. That it, is that next week, I think that uh, it's a chance for Andy McEntee to give a few more players a little bit of experience against one of the top sides in the country uh, when Kerry come to Navan um, and I do think that it'll be a great time for him to, to to throw on a few of these lads and just say go out and express yourselves mm. and show us what you can do and uh, hopefully they can put in a performance against Kerry what we're going to do now is uh, we will be going to the interview with um, uh, Andy McIntyre that Shane or that, that um, do you hear me Shane the, that uh, David Rispin got I was looking down at Shane McIntyre on the programme um, that uh, David Rispin got after the game last weekend but what I'm going to say, ask the lads to do while this uh, is playing would you um, pick out your um, standout player from the game against Mayo so what we're going to do now is we're going to go we're going to play the interview that Davey got with Andy McIntyre after the game. Coming in on 3 to one interview with me, manager Andy McIntyre. Andy, huge, hugely disappointing in the end uh, to, to see that margin of defeat in particular after being so close right through. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, deja vu all over again. <laughs> uh, it's a bit like that, uh, frustrating. But at the same time, uh, in no way disappointed with the, with the effort of, of, of any one of the uh, squad over the last uh, over the last couple of years. To be perfectly honest, you know, but but this year in particular, they put a lot of work in. I think they've made a lot of progress. Uh, but uh, ultimately, we got to we got to go back to the drawing board, and we got to be better in a lot of areas. Well, it was never going to be easy t- today. But at half time, uh, your level and had missed a couple of goal-scoring opportunities, so really should have been ahead at half-time. Yeah, it could have been ahead. I think uh, Kyogi had a one-on-one, and then I think Shane got in behind, and then the pass kind of went astray. Uh, and that was, you know, uh, that was positive in itself. Uh, and then we had a couple of decent moves uh, towards the end of the... Uh, in the second half, where fellas got hauled down. <laughs> uh, well, you know, look at I mean, you may all do what they have to do, but I mean, uh, surely the proper action has to be taken. Was it a case in the last quarter of uh, anything that could, could go wrong did go wrong? Yeah, I think I, I think a few a few things went went wrong that you wouldn't expect to go wrong. I think again, these kickouts, by and large, uh, for most today were good. Uh, he he underhits one and, and they get a goal from it, uh, and and that probably you know, that that hurts more than anything else. I think there was three points in it at that stage. Uh, we had chances at at you know not difficult chances uh, you know chances from inside thirty yards. I think Manto missed one that he normally get. Killian missed one that he normally get. Uh, Banty missed one that he normally get. You know, uh, and every score counts at, at this level if you were told this morning that you'd be level at the three quarter stage uh, you might have believed that your team's fresher legs might tell in the in the last quarter it would have been a case of fresher legs against greater experience in the end was it the experience that counted yeah yeah it it, it uh, you know when when things are going for you uh, you find energy uh, you know and and Mayo have momentum at that stage 
and they found energy and they brought on guys who are well capable of playing at this level and have played here before, been in that position before. Uh, and I suppose, you know, we might have looked tired, but I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a physical thing. I think it's just a matter of maybe putting ourselves in that position more often and uh, and learning how to deal with it. Uh, I think uh, I think that's ultimately the uh, the challenge for us now. Andy Morden, uh, you're talking about fellas coming on, bringing energy, and uh, he certainly had an impact co- coming on at half time. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but uh, again, I thought uh, I thought midway through the second half, I thought they were creaking. I think we had turned them over a couple of times going forward, and defensively we looked strong. Uh, and then, as I say, you kind of there's kind of short stoppers there, and, and things going a little a little bit wrong. Shots that normally go over the bar, and it kind of saps a little bit of energy for you, and then. And then maybe the kicker goes astray and they get a goal, and that and that that drains everybody of, of their enthusiasm, I suppose, and, the, and their energy, and that's that's probably what happened. All in all, Andy, um, you meet have been very competitive in the games against Donegal and Mayo. I think that's what supporters were uh, certainly hoping for. But today's game would have been against a team that had suffered a big defeat last week, looked to be running out of legs, and looked vulnerable, and. Uh, Still finished the finished the you know won the last quarter convincingly. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the Mayo have shown over the last while. I mean, their their ability to bounce back has has been matched by nobody probably, uh, and uh, we knew that was there. Uh, I think they were vulnerable, uh, and as I say, you know, 15 minutes into that second half, I thought they were creaking a little bit. We just didn't uh, we didn't squeeze the life out of them, and that's uh, that's a dangerous thing to do. Kerry on Saturday week now, um, another big outing. Yeah, look not, at not I mean. as much dependent on it as you were, you would have been hoping. No, no, no. Uh, look at I mean, uh, we got to regroup. Uh, we're playing in front of our own supporters in Navan on, on a Saturday evening. I hope I hope it's a great occasion. I hope I hope uh, the main supporters, uh, you know, show their appreciation for the, for this team because they put in a massive effort this year. And uh, I hope the place is full. And again, we'd look to put up another good performance. Just on the injuries, Andy, um, Mickey Newman obviously injured, um, mm-hmm. you know, before half time, and Seamus Lavin also, who was having a great game up to then, went off with an injury. What are the latest on them? Too? Yeah, well, Mickey looked like he pulled a hamstring, but he also were, he had a very severe bruising on his ankle that that happened uh, in that one of those goal incidents. There was a, uh, I think he caught studs of something. Uh, Seamus, I don't know. It looks like it's an ankle injury, uh, uh, and you know. Guys like that are, are, are important to us, obviously, yeah. and they were lost to us. And just looking at the overall picture, I suppose you know it's a huge learning curve, and it will be experience going into Division One next year. Is that you know we need to be obviously playing these teams now to be ready for you know next spring? Yeah, I mean it's it's great to be getting games like this. I just love to be winning one or two of them. <laughs> to be perfectly yeah. honest, yeah. you know it's uh, it is great experience and I suppose more often than not you have to you have to get this experience to. To know how to handle it, but uh, we'll have to. We'll just have to be better, I guess. And then, just finally, I know Brendan's already mentioned it, but the game against Kerry is probably a chance for the supporters to come out and you know show their appreciation for what the meat team have achieved this year. I, I hope so. I think I think they deserve that. I think they've been fantastic. They've you, you know they they've put their lives in all. They've put a serious amount of work into this, and uh, I think uh, I think it would be good for them and good for everybody to to have a full house in Navan. Thanks, Andy. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, so that was Andy McIntyre speaking to um, David Risman and Brendan Cummins from LMFM after the game. You can hear from 
you know, I, I, he's really disappointed. He, like, he, he said at the start of the year, like, you know, that he'd love to get to the Super 8s, and that was one of the, the, um, the, objection, uh, the objectives this year was, we're supposed to get promoted, get to the Leinster final and get to the Super 8s. Super 8s was always going to be bonus territory. Um, Kieran, um, I know he knows it's bonus territory, and you can hear it from him there. But he's also saying, you know, he'd love to have got a win or two in it. Yeah, and obviously he'll be frustrated not to get a W and not to get the win. Especially we talked about the manner of the defeat. Maybe the number, like nine, it's not going to be a number. We don't want to be talking about too much. But the the thing about it is that we're so close. Yet at times it feels like we're we're falling further further away. It's kind of a it is a, it's a strange sensation because at times at times the basically we think that we're we're making progress and I think overall we are making progress has to be said I think Andy knows that himself that that if he just keeps at it Division 1 football started in the Super 8s for next year and it's going to build and block the whole way through so let's just hope that his disappointment is not is, is short lived and we have a much better campaign now maybe not Kerry out of the championship would be interesting to see can we do that it pop, might be a tight, tight game of the hardest game in the group but we never know we'll keep it going yeah, positively will be there. Davey, just just mm. uh, looking at it, like you know, I, I, it's it's disappointment, but I, I think he sees the bigger picture at the same time. He does, yeah, and and I suppose the overall development of the group is the the key objective. I suppose as you mentioned earlier, we've been in bonus territory really since we got into the Super Eights, you know, and there was a huge weight lift out off. And I probably suggest in terms of um, everything else that's gone with it, we've probably seen. The shackles come off a little bit in the last couple of games for me. Mm-hmm. You know, we we we've shipped big scores in the last couple of games, and in a funny way, that might, you know, you're kind of holding back the reins early in other games because you have to try and keep teams out and try and beat them, you know, in in whatever way you can. Now we've probably thrown a little bit of caution. You've gone from knockout to yeah. league format, so it, there is a little bit of a there is a little bit of a difference there. But but in saying that, you know, in the, the league format in the league, um, you know, we we kept teams fairly mm-hmm. fairly uh, dry in terms of scores. So look, a lot of it might have to do with just fatigue and everything else, and I think that probably has a lot to do with it in the last ten or fifteen minutes of the games. I think you have to look at the amount of work our backline are putting into the games too. And to be honest with you, I don't know is there any backline in the country, and I'd include Dublin in that, that could sustain that type of pressure for 70 minutes. Mm-hmm. Dublin would never have to deal with it for 70 minutes. Yeah. Most teams wouldn't, and if they, if they did, they'd crack sooner. Our lads are last and consistently up to about 60 minutes. From there, they're out on their feet. Again, I'd suggest there's probably a little bit of fatigue and that you know with with the right training and the right rest and everything else that goes with it they can recover and they can last for 70 minutes because it's all a learning curve you know the whole thing is and from there if we can get a little bit more from from our forward line i think that's that's a given i think we have to get um you know a bigger contribution collectively not not necessarily picking out any individuals in particular but collectively if we can gel a little bit more i think We'll be on the right path for sure. Yeah, because our shooting was at fifty-one percent, which is not really no. Well, that was like, that was that was another thing. I think um, um, one of the stats that I heard at half time was like we had uh, was it seven points from from twenty-one opportunities, not twenty-one shots, but twenty-one yeah. opportunities. So it was a one-third. Um, Brian, just to bring it back to something that David was saying there, you know, 
do the goalposts change now for next year? Obviously, being in Division One um, uh, next year, uh, as in, like Colin Alley said in one of his interviews, you know, that, that, that maybe they'd peaked already. So do they have to alter that now going into next year? Or do they have to stay at the same uh, kind of uh, um, strength and conditioning be- because they're in Division 1 and it's about staying in Division 1? So they can't do what other teams in Division 1 do, mm. te- teams in Division 1 do, in that they look to peak at this end of the year. They do enough to stay in Division 1. So is it more of the same again next year and try and get into the Super 8s again? You know, next year is probably all about consolidation if you can how do you do that do you aim to peak early and stay in division one like the majority of teams who go up from division two come straight back down Cavan and Roscommon have gone up in recent years and generally it's mm-hmm. been back down I think Galway are possibly the last team a few years ago to go up and stay up Tyrone Monaghan as well oh, Monaghan were a few years previous but Galway ended up about two years ago and have stayed up since. Yeah, and her own. Um, it's it's a tricky one, really. You could end up, you could get a draw for the championship, and you could end up on the same side of the draw as Dublin in a Leinster semi final. Mm. This year, we got on the opposite side of the draw to Dublin and Kildare, and we got probably the dream draw in Leinster in many ways. Yeah. Come the league, if you get four games in Navan. Three away, it's a huge boost. If you get three in Navan and four away, it just makes the job that little, little bit more harder. difficult. Yeah. And it's probably at this stage, it's probably difficult to talk about the league next year because we don't know what way we're going to be with a panel, who's going to be fit, who's not. I think the key thing for us next year, and I was chatting to somebody from News Talk yesterday in Crow Park about this, we probably need a fully fit panel for the early rounds of the league. Mm-hmm. Somebody more experienced counties in Division One can afford to have a fellow maybe miss the first few rounds. Like David Clifford didn't play a lot of league with Kerry this year. No shade. Those counties, those counties have the strength and depth. They have the years in Division One, and let's call a spade a spade. They have the All Ireland Under Twenty One Championships, which we don't have. Mm-hmm. The players coming through with those medals in their back pocket. We'll need a fully fit panel, the bones of it anyway, for the early rounds of the league. If you can pick up a couple of wins, it gives you an extra bit of confidence. If you struggle in your early rounds, then you're facing a relegation battle, which just makes life that all that, that, that that's, that's, that's the point. Th- this that, year we know, had the momentum, we had the feel good factor in the camp all year. Well, that, 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 yeah. that's my whole point is that, you know, where. where do they try to peak later next year? It's a, it's a conundrum, I suppose, it is, for, a, for, for Colin Alley and, and, and the management team. It's And it's a wonderful conundrum to have. But then, to, then again, next season. every player that's on the camp this year has that extra year strength and conditioning behind yeah. them. So you'd be hoping that what they get this winter will help push them to a slightly stronger level, that they have more in the bank than what they had last winter. So you'd be hoping that that all adds into it. And this season is not over. I'm going to go to uh, Kieran Flynn from the county board. Um, there's still one game left. Okay, then it's uh, it's uh, it, we can't qualify for a semi final, but it's still a big game against Kerry uh, this weekend in Park Tolchin. And it's great 
to see um, uh, Mead uh, to, to have uh, the kingdom coming to, to Navan. What was what year was the last? Nineteen eighty six was it the last five, time? Someone said was it five or six? Uh, Ninety six. I was told yesterday was last time Kerry played Kerry in Navan. Played it was Navan, a league yeah. match. Yeah, ninety six yeah. was a league match. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's not this weekend. It's two it's weeks. Two yeah. weeks time. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was actually something that uh, your man Fitzmaurice in the Sunday game talked about the the amount of games and success of weeks, whatever. That's a different story for a different day, but I think it's a great opportunity. And Andy did reference this off off air as well. When I was talking to him, basically saying that this is a massive opportunity for the supporters to maybe show the support in its obvious sense to a team that they've been following all year. Like like we've had an awful lot of games this year compared to last year, where we we had a poor year, got relegated, we knocked at the championship early, and there was a lot of kind of uh, bad things said about the team. But they bounced back so much, won so many games this year. They've only lost to Division 1 teams and good teams at that. And it's something that we have to maybe get your sport in, get your ticket, get to the game and just show up, cheer for the Royals. They're well capable of beating Kerry. I know Kerry are probably at a level just slightly more ahead of maybe where we are at the moment. But at the same time, on a given day, we can beat Kerry. So I think it's up to the sports. Get to the game, show your support. The players will be on the field after the game. Get your jersey signed, clap them off. I think this would be a massive opportunity for me. I don't want to give them any more airtime, but I'm going to give them a little bit more airtime. All the the online trolls that are giving the lads abuse as well, I'd love to see them in Park Talks. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see them throwing the abuse at them as well. And Getting then, their selfies. And, 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 seeing, and seeing what would happen then. Um, uh, see how see how big they are like you know they can go onto social media and they can write all these things and they can write personal things about the players I'd love to see them going up to Park Tolchin and, and uh, telling them but then again most of these lads don't even go to games lads I'm going to ask you okay I'm going to go to Brian Kelly first your uh, standout player from the game on uh, Sunday against Mayo um, he's not a player that many people have mentioned about being a possible All Star nomination. Yeah, hang on, you can give. A, you, do you know what? You can lead up to. It. You can give a couple of other players as well and say, "But my man, the matches." Okay, fair enough. Um, I thought when he came on for a young lad, nineteen years of age, first game in Crow Park, I thought Shane Walsh was excellent. Yes, people might say he missed one or two frees. Yeah, but he kicked five. Five out of seven. First, first game, first time in Crow Park. Really, he came in. Previous games, he came in with Mickey Newman already there, and you weren't the focal point of the attack. He came in as the focal point of the attack on Sunday. Showed great strength, won every ball and didn't near him. Intelligent, didn't take too much out of it. Laid it off and he had to, but showed savage work rate. He sprinted back a few times to put in tackles. I highlighted that the previous week. It's work rate like that that sets the top forwards apart, mm-hmm. and hopefully. Shane will progress and become the footballer that we all would like to see him become. And your second? I thought um, I thought Gavin McKay was solid again this week. He's come in instead of Ronan Ryan in the half-back line in recent games with Park Harnan being back. Most people would have thought Harnan, Ryan and Kyogen could have been your half-back line. Unfortunately, Ronan picked up a knock and has missed a few games. But Gavin McKay, I thought, has really... Fitted into the team really well. Yeah, and your man of the match. I really hope this man gets an all-star nomination. He came into the team really last year, did well, was outstanding in the club championship. Barry Dardis was the main man for Summerhill last year in the club championship. He did an excellent man-marking job on Dardis in the final. 
and he's gone from strength to strength this year I think Seamus Lavin was outstanding yesterday yeah he did have a fabulous game and very unlucky in the injury towards the end uh, to come off so um, we do wish him a speedy recovery uh, Kieran Flynn uh, who were the three players that stood out for you on Sunday well yeah uh, hopefully not as long winded as Brian as he normally goes on before <laughs> <laughs> Harsh, harsh but very well, in, <laughs> in fairness I was talking to fella he's on Thursday going. he's still going and he said Kieran got into the jeep on last night and uh, he got into it in Navin and he never stopped talking to me reach Wexford well we can come back to that story in the pub you have no proof your honour thank you so the three lads definitely top played excellent uh, Conor McGill a full back yeah. I think uh, he's been a rock at the back the whole way a really honest footballer he, he fights for every ball he goes for it like his his life depends on it. He really he hit Killian O'Connor a few times now, and Killian wasn't too impressed. But I think that's what the full back. He's not supposed to be a nice, even though he is a nice enough the pitch. He's not supposed to be nice on it. No, no, absolutely not. So definitely, he he's a great shout. Then of course, Red Cohen could be Kyogen and McCoy. Kyogen again, brilliant throughout the throughout the year. But again, maybe the goal chance knocked him out of the main thing. But I think I think to to agree with Brian, I think Seamus Lavin be getting the points as well. He's really shown that, and they discussed that midweek at training. They were saying, like, how am I going to get better? Like, Lavin is doing a great job in the cornerback. How am I going to get up the field and score? And I think, reality, one one solution to maybe the forwards not scoring too much is get the back scoring a bit more, and it'll help. Because if you know a lad's coming from deep, the forwards will have more space to shoot. Yeah. So I think Lavin was brilliant. He was indeed. And David Rispin? Yeah, I'd probably, I'm picking up the pieces after the lads, they're after stealing um, nearly everything from me. But, I think I think Conor McGill did an excellent job on O'Connor, I have to say, and, and Killian O'Connor in his post match um reflections referenced that and he, he said how physical me they were really tough to deal with and I thought McGill just had an excellent game again. He he seems at home there. Does doesn't really matter who or what he's marking, you know, the reputation or anything like that. He he just goes out and plays his own game. Superb. Um I would have to go with Kyogen again, like you know, he's I get the goal chance and everything, but like consistently unbelievable and an absolute shoe in for player of the year, you know, and me. Then hopefully, I still think he probably not advancing to the last four, probably will have a, an effect on him not getting an all star, which isn't fair because I think he's been superb um, over the course of the seven or it'll be eight games by the time we play Kerry. He, mm. he really should be getting an all star, but he's, he's just such a great leader, giant captain. Um, he's experienced probably more so than others. A lot of uh, other guys in the in the squad, the the lows of Mead football. He's he's been down in Division Three and stuff, and and all of that that's gone with it, and you know the Longford defeat in the in the championship and all of that kind of thing. But uh, brilliant leader, fantastic. But I have to agree with the two guys, um, Seamus Lavin, uh, superb. You know, two points from play yesterday from cornerback, um, real driving force. I think that's. I so think he's, definitely, he's got three, hasn't he, in the whole championship? Yeah, yeah he got one against three in the last two. Three, oh, yeah, three, with the, three without his right boot yeah. as well, which is uh, which is a skill in itself for a cornerback. <laughs> um, it's not something. It absolutely is a skill for a corner forward and for a cornerback to go and, and even, do it. Even the way, even the way he held his head yeah. straight away after he kicked that second point because. It was at that moment he realised I could have taken took mm. another solo or a bounce mm. and I had yeah. a goal chance and he, he was raging with himself, which but, but yeah, his, shows his awareness. His development over the last twelve to eighteen months has been astonishing, really, and and it's his it's his consistency across both club and county that's stood out for me. Like he, you very rarely see him have a bad game for either. Like in yeah. his, he's 
he's been on the county but he's carried on his club form from obviously the memorable year that Dunboyne had last year to this year and look at you can't you can't really pick out one of the six defenders because they've all been superb and yeah. in in addition you'd have to say Rowan Ryan as well you'd have to put him in as a seventh player mm-hmm. in the defense who's been superb throughout the campaign but um yeah Seamus Lavin yesterday was was superb he was indeed I just have a special mention I thought that Killian O'Sullivan worked Killian O'Sullivan worked as his, uh, his little socks off and, and I thought that Brian Menton as well uh, against a very very good midfield uh, I thought he was uh, excellent um, he was box to box and uh, he, he he scored a point missed uh, and, and, and was blocking a goal down the other end of the field which was a dive, full diving block yeah. Um, but again, I would have to agree, which is a shameless laughing. Um, and that's a, a, I think it's the first time ever that uh, that all three of you have agreed on um, on, on, a, a, on anything on a score <laughs> for a player or on anything is right. Yeah, but shameless laughing, he was absolutely wonderful, um, and hopefully he can uh, he can carry it on um, next week or sorry in two weeks time, week and a half's time. Um, but not in the club championship against. Simonson Gales, no kids. He's taking for that. No, but just in general, you probably meet him in the knockout stages. Oh, look, if he's marking you. Simonson have to get there. If he's marking you. Man, like, you know. Which is, that'd, be, that'd be totally unfair. Absolutely, yeah. For a young lad like Lavin to be marking <laughs> yeah. a wild old fox like you. Well, <laughs> I think actually there's one player that none of us mentioned. He wasn't on the pitch for long at all. But oh, Marky Brennan, I forgot like, to say. He play, this man oh. played in an All Ireland minor semi final in 2002. I'm sure he thought his chance of playing inter-county football was gone. Age 33 last year, drafted onto the panel for the championship when David Gallagher wasn't in the be- wasn't he missed a bit of training and um, stayed in the panel this year and came on deep into injury time on Sunday and made a cracking penalty save. Yeah, I was wondering how he was going to get to it. I was yeah. just going, Jesus, Kieran, yeah. there might be something to what you were saying. You, you give it, you give what, it to Bill, though. I have to say, they're very, I, very I unlucky. Marcus. It fell back to Killian O'Connor, but it was a crack and save, and you, you'd be, have to be delighted for Marcus. Uh, yeah, I, 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 uh, <laughs> I know Marcus. I know Marcus oh, well. And uh, in fairness to him, uh, like as soon as soon as he went in, I, I, I said uh, he's going to save it. Like he's he's an unbelievable penalty stopper. So he was, and yeah. are you speaking from experience? No, I never. He never saved him off me because I never uh, took one against him. All right, okay. so I did. But uh, I've seen him. He is just incredible. Uh, he's a great penalty shot. The annoying part is Killian O'Connor gets another goal from play. Yeah, which is sick because he's he's just a free free Kirk Yeah, yeah it, it, like <laughs> all time top scorer like, in the championship. Yeah, but against New York's league. But going back to the penalty, going back to the penalty. <laughs> the reason why the ball fell to Killian O'Connor was because Marcus had nearly dived past it, and it was yeah. at the post, and he had yeah. nearly dived yeah. past it, yeah. and it kind of had he been back a little bit, he would have knocked that but ball. But he's a lesson. For any club footballer who thinks he's not getting his chance, stick at it, keep going, and you will get that it's chance in the end. Yeah. Being O'Hanlon, I'm talking to you. Yeah. I want to. Are you serious? What? That's just. Get that. I just. What? Clean out. Mickey, clean out Well, look. As I said, being O'Hanlon. Listen, there's not a case being converted. I haven't gone from one religion to another here, Davy. 
you're pretty much have now. Yes, one club to another. Um, no, and um, being on hand, I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him getting a chance next Saturday, Saturday week. <laughs> Mike just have a lot, a lot of emojis here of laughing faces. Every time listen to us, I think she laughed very much when I said that you were going to play well against laughing. I think that was she laughed at that one a lot. I think. Oh, of course she did. <laughs> I bet it was. Oh yeah, I want to pull you up on something as well. You said that I was uh, representing Calvin. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. No, um, I said you were representing yourself. No, no, you said I was representing <laughs> sorry. Calvin. On behalf of the podcast lads, we have to wish him, um, or not wish him well, but you know, congratulate him on a, on a great win, even if it was for Calvin. It's a, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't for Calvin. Even if you were representing Calvin. I, well, I have the programme in my bag and I was representing What did it say Simon, beside you? Simon Stern Gales. Simon's doing it. You didn't say right. that in everything. I was representing Ireland, lads. Just I seen that. a picture going around to you on social media with a Cavan jersey on. Yeah, because we were training and we had Cavan jerseys and Tyrone jerseys, mm. but that was just what we were used to train. Mm. Anyways, yes, it was a wonderful experience. Me thinks the lady dot protest too much. Yeah, yeah, you used that what one last said. week as yeah. well. <laughs> it, listen, if it's good enough, you keep reusing it. <laughs> If only this one was video this week. You can uh, be bolder with us now. Lads, look, um, it's been a fabulous year. It's not over yet. We still have the Kerry uh, team to come to Navin, and uh, that's going to be a wonderful, wonderful occasion to see the Kingdom come. And, uh, the Kingdom come. Kingdom uh, come. Boom. And. Uh, <laughs> will be done. And, <laughs> um, Thanks for the good. <laughs> amen to that. But, um, like. Uh, like Kerry have a lot to play for you know they're not true yet and whatever so Mead could put a big dent in their hopes of uh, getting to an All-Ireland semi-final and we wish the Mead lads all the best in that final game against Kerry in, in Park Tolchin in a, week's na- a week and a half time um, any other business is there anything from the county board well just the, we kind of started kind of the momentum for the house draw again with kind of social media and stuff the the kind of adverts are getting hit, hitting people now and starting to see it on social media and Facebook and Twitter again and just remind all the club members out there that you're, you're getting commission on all the tickets you sell so if you're if you're a club man or a club woman out there you, by buying a ticket you're supporting your local club but then of course as we said many the time here even if, if you just want to get in the raffle to win a house it's a, it's a great prize so yeah. there's multiple ways you can help if you want to help your club or build a stadium or just win a house there's multiple ways you can get involved like, just go to royalhousestore.com and get your tickets yeah and it is great, it is a great incentive for all the clubs as well to get out and sell some tickets because there is money going back to the clubs uh, Brian Kelly anything from the minor board no but uh, we should wish to meet ladies under 16s the very best luck in their Ireland A final against Galway in Banahar on Wednesday evening Absolutely. be a huge achievement if they go on and win the All-Ireland it would indeed so best, be I think Shane Farley is the manager so best of luck to them yeah um, you know following on from the minors it would be great if uh, it's and it's great to see another team uh, in an All-Ireland final uh, David Rispin uh, have you anything further you want to bring to the podcast this week um, I suppose our prediction competition will be kicking back up uh, in a couple of weeks with the club championship resuming. So, so you'll be um, fleecing us again. Yeah, Brian has <laughs> been fleecing us throughout the summer with the strawberries. So, <laughs> about don't, time don't say that the tax man. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> sorry, Brian has been feeding us with the strawberries, not fleecing us. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, keep an eye out on um, on social media for the link to the online version of it. Uh, the name of which I can't think of now. But uh, what's the Dunham Rashford name? We'll give that one out. No, oh, that's done. You, like you, you have to enter that at the start. So. Mediapredictions.com. Yeah, yeah. So, so keep an eye out for that. Um, Court MP rolls out the middle and stuff. No. Um, so yeah, get get in and get 
get entered into that you won't find the few weeks rolling around until uh, Mickey Wren is out kicking points again ah, yeah. and sinking them I sank enough on the weekend <laughs> uh, no, but drink responsibly um, or else you could end up doing what Kieran Flynn did and go home and shave your whole beard off <laughs> I did that during the week's over the he, he now, look, he now looks 12 <laughs> I, I didn't recognise him when I came He's, into the house but uh, no, lads, thanks a for coming over and doing the podcast in the bunker. Um, and it is now 11.30 on a Monday night. And this is how much mead football means to the four of us um, and to all of our listeners. Mead hurling as oh, well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Me, 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 yeah, we just call it yeah, mead yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we are mead white, it matters more.